Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sella. Today, we are doing a spoiler talk review for the season five final season of the Netflix TV show DreamWorks, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. That's right. It's the final season. The last one they're ever going to do. And by golly gosh, we're going to talk about it. Joined here with me is my good friend, Mark, via Satellite Radio. How you doing out there, Mark? I'm back. And I, oh wait, I have, I have human flesh on my face. False alarm, false alarm. Well, Mark, I'm glad you're in One Piece. No, uh, Matt, we're not here to talk about One Piece. We're here to talk about She-Ra. Oh yeah, that's true. Now, before we begin, folks, I do want to give you a heads up. I will be doing a special live stream this Saturday. So be sure to check that out. I will be posting when that will be within the next couple of days, but it will be on Saturday starting at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure to subscribe and like this video if you enjoyed our little discussion. And be sure to check out other reviews that we have done. And I say Mark and I, we probably have a few other shows we would like to review. So be sure to support this channel any way you can. And now, without further ado, folks, our spoiler talk for She-Ra Season 5. You have been warned, spoilers ahead. Y'all ready? Here we go. And as some of you may know, when it came to Season 5 of She-Ra, the whole general premise for this season has been, with Horde Prime eyeing the heart of Etheria, where magic gathers and shows tremendous power to behold, it's up to Adora and the gang to defend their people from the space tyrant and his ever-growing army from destroying the universe. So Mark, as I try to simplify the season as best as I could, what are some of your takeaways from this final season of Shira? Were there any elements that really stood out to you in a positive way? Not so positive. What are your takeaways? Well, Matt, just because I haven't been on in a while, um, and I don't remember the last time we've talked about this, just give a little background on myself. I'm not familiar with the original series. I have no direct attachment to the original Shira or its property. So if there's things I like and, you know, there's, you know, well, it's not, that's not how it was in the original, you know, I have, I have no context for that. But um, I would say, you know, barring the fact that I maybe wasn't too keen on how his final confrontation played out, I was a big fan of Horde Prime's character and personality in this season. I really liked him a lot. Even his weird little eye things. In particular, a scene fairly early on in the series of, the season, excuse me, uh, the dinner with him and Catra uh, and Glimmer. That was a real nice standout scene for me. I thought it, was, it wasn't quite a monologue, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I concur with you a lot already. And especially if I haven't made myself clear, because I did say this in a couple past reviews, but if you're just joining me now, I put that disclaimer out there, folks, that I am actually not super familiar with She-Ra or her original series back in the 80s. I think it was the 80s, right, Mark? If I'm not mistaken. And... So with the changes that came up, and yes, I'll put this disclaimer out here as well, I am aware of some dramas that come about with the show. I'm not talking about drama within the show, but drama surrounding the creation of the show. More so with the fan base. Exactly. And so I am mostly here to just give you an outsider's perspective on the show and the merits within itself. So I just want to be clear on that for anyone who might be joining me now. I am purely critiquing this based off what is shown to me as someone who has no attachment to the franchise. So with that being said, I definitely agree with you in many aspects there when it comes to Horde Prime. I definitely thought he was a very fascinating villain. He was a lot more calculating and in control compared to what Hodak was in past seasons. And so he was definitely an overall encroaching threat. Let me ask you this though, Mark. Did you feel like the stakes were as 
drastic as they could have been or were told to us or even shown to us. Based on how it was presented to me, or at least how I interpreted it, I would say I kind of would have liked to have seen a little higher stakes. I'm not entirely sure how we would have gone about it, but um, I don't know. I just maybe it had something to do with just the pacing, because it kind of feels like, I don't know if, um, because I believe that the rights to She-Ra go back to whoever holds them and He-Man. I want to say it's Warner Brothers. But um, some things maybe felt a little more rushed, and I do think the stakes could have really been given a lot more time to breathe. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that either. Usually I ask you, what's the licensing issues when it comes to some of these properties? But I think Mark and I, we were kind of talking before recording, and I said that it was really interesting that Horde's Prime thing was this whole assimilation type thing, where he was able to possess people and kind of show them the light at which Prime can provide with these chips that kind of act as like a mind control vice. And as the season went on, it was kind of implied or it was told to us that these chips directly attach themselves to the nervous system of its victims. And if on long enough, it starts to fuse with them and becomes harder, near impossible to remove without causing damage to the host. And while I think that is a good way to kind of show the stakes of what he's doing for the heroes to overcome, I had a weird outlandish idea. And let me know, folks, if you disagree with me greatly on this. I understand if you would. But in terms of what you were saying, Mark, I feel like the stakes could have been greater if not only did these chips kind of like fuse with the hosts, but because Prime has been around for so long and he's conquered dozens of planets already, what if these chips not only kind of created the hive mind army that he desired, but because his DNA was kind of part of it and he's all about being Ultron-like and like creating vessels that he can like kind of jump between, what if that's one way of how he creates the clones where his DNA goes into the host of others and they kind of morph into more of like a Hordak clone thing? And I feel like if they kind of did that more than just like the glowy green eyes with the veins, I feel like that could have added more to like the horror of what he can do and why Adora and the others need to stop him. But I suppose the way they had now is fine. And if they did go that way, it'd probably be a little too dark for the kids. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, possibly a little too dark for the kids. I do think that is something we also have to take into account here. You know, we're not the target age, age demographic for this for sure, I think at least from the network standpoint it's hard to say this certainly i think is still skewed much more for a younger audience despite tackling some mature themes but uh yeah it, well it's really hard in particular too because netflix just it's netflix it doesn't really have the similar ratings and uh categorizations for things as you know traditional network television so i really can't say if you know it was a you know can't do it because it's you know technically a kid's show or whatever but i still think narratively for how ambitious they were in many areas i would have liked to have them to have gone a little further with it in terms of the conflict and all that stuff so i think your ideas was very a very good one matt and i think would be the logical next step if we were to try and kick it up a notch now in terms of talking about some mature themes we do have a lot of character growth and conclusion in this season for obvious reasons some of the ones that really stood out to me like one of my favorite moments and again we're in spoiler territory so keep that in mind folks we are talking about the last couple episodes i think one of my favorite characters and the way she went out shadow weaver is probably like one of my favorite highlights from this entire series i really liked how they handled her 
kept her mysterious, flawed, but then gave up her life to help defend Catra and Adora from reaching the heart of Etheria. I don't know. I, I thought they did a really good job in that regard. And I, I still love the voice actress who does Shadow Weaver's voice. She's so cool. And I don't know, that, that was definitely one of my bigger takeaways, even though there are other characters out there who had much greater character arcs and things like that. Were there any that you particularly appreciated in this season? Oh, for for sure, it has to be Shadow Weaver. I think it's no secret to anyone who's kind of followed us on this one. I think she's been a fan favorite of both of ours, you know, pretty much since the get-go. Part of it has to do with her design and just her voice actress doing a phenomenal job with the character and the writing as well. I will say as someone who maybe originally wasn't the biggest fan of Glimmer, I am happy with where she has wound up as a character in many ways. And, uh, you know, I, th- I don't think Bo, I think we both mentioned, you know, I think you actually more uh, in private has said that we didn't think Bo had too much character growth in this season, but he's had enough kind of in past seasons that I'm happy to see where he's gone as a character too. And overall, I think I'm satisfied. It was interesting to see like a lot of characters. So I thought I'd either completely forgotten about her or else I was like, oh, that you're not a side character or a background character kind of takes center stage in many ways in this one. And now in terms of other characters who had major growth, I think the one who definitely had the biggest roller coaster in terms of where that character was going was Katra. And she definitely went all over the place for the first few seasons. And this one, it seemed like she was going back to that place, but then really got a wake up call from Horde Prime telling her that what she's doing will not benefit her in any way. And she truly is alone. So with the season of how it went, Catra's Redemption, which I'll tell you what, I was actually surprised they were able to do it, especially with how far she has gone in past seasons. She actually accounted for her past mistakes and tried to make up for it to do the right thing for once in her life. Did you have any initial thoughts on how she ended up in the end or her journey overall, Mark? Uh, It's a tough one. This is one of those things where it also sort of, you know, the character's, you know, overall... I don't want to say redemption because I feel like that's not quite what she, well, possibly a bit of redemption, but Katra's gone through some stuff in her life to be polite. And I, I really almost just want another series where Katra just gets to sort things out and, you know, get her life together. But yeah, no, Katra certainly has gone through the ringer and in many ways. And I don't know. I, I wish Katra the best. She's, she's a tortured soul. Yeah. There's no question about it. She definitely, harbors a lot of trauma from her past. Admittedly, obviously, a lot of it was caused by Shadow Weaver and how she put Adora up to this pedestal, which she could never reach in a way. And the way the series ended, and again, I'll be 100% transparent with you guys, I am kind of aware about the drama, especially around the fandom with this show and how there was some reports saying that they weren't planning on going in certain directions between Adora and Katra. The way the series ended, they definitely went in that direction that I think they claimed. And again, don't quote me on that. And I remember I was talking about it in the previous season, or at least someone was mentioning it to me. For me personally, I'm not really good at judging relationships and love on that level. For a while, I kind of felt like it was a more of a sisterly bond type thing going on. But with the way they concluded it with the series between Katra and Adora, I do buy it. I think they definitely have that connection in a way. But because I am a straight male... I don't really know the internal struggles of establishing something like that. So as an outsider, and again, this is just my disclaimer, as an outsider, I hope that this does represent an outlet at which others can relate to. 
And I am quite curious, for those who can relate to these characters, is this a good way to show that conclusion between Catra and Adora? And it kind of ties back into what you were saying, Mark. Catra is burdened with a lot of trauma and issues. And it's not something one can get over overnight like that. And I was really happy to kind of see her as kind of the angsty member of the new friendship circle. I'll be honest with you, I really did like that dynamic right there. But I agree with you in many aspects, Mark, where I feel like, and I know the license is expiring for the series, so this is probably it. We're not going to get anything else after this. I would have liked to see how Katra kind of adapted to her new friends and still handling a lot of that PTSD. Let's be honest here. She is heavily traumatized, living in this new circle of friends, being appreciated and loved. I think it would be a really good character study, in my opinion. But as far as how it concludes here, I am curious of how other people are going to receive it. Me, personally, I'm okay with it. I have nothing against really any of these outcomes. I just hope it felt natural for people and it made sense. Did you have any thoughts on what I had to say there, Mark? No, that's fair. And um, unless I'm completely misinformed in some regards, I think it just... I think there could have one one problem you have sometimes in storytelling is I feel like there's never after the big conflict, you know, your big third act, if you will. I feel like a lot of times sometimes we don't get to see the characters really settle after such an event because there is some story to be told after that, you know, since this was very much war, you know, PTSD and all those sorts of things and you know just the trauma of such events are a real life thing and you know in many ways can make for a very compelling narrative but yeah um, overall i just i want catra to sort herself out as someone who likes her as a character and just wants you know good things for catra i agree 100 agree now to kind of conclude on our overall review in terms of the finale i will say one thing that kind of bummed me out and this was kind of a thing that i had trouble with in terms of shira and her power throughout the series is i was kind of hoping there would be a big epic fight between the souped up ultimate shira versus horde prime but we didn't quite get that per se and i don't recall prime ever proper fighting shira before it's always been kind of like a seesaw conflict type thing where for the most part prime was in control but then when shira had the upper hand suddenly prime was on the run and i don't know i kind of wanted that equal footing to see them kind of really clash but with the way the series ended with prime being finally defeated in a very Vision Age of Ultron kind of way. I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like as the series went on, the fighting and choreograph, I'm not going to say got bad, but definitely became less and less of a focus as the series went on. And I believe season two probably had the best fighting and action scenes, but perhaps as the show went on, it became less and less about being a superhero and more about turning the tides of war. But overall, I think it was a fairly good way to end the series. Everyone got there happily ever after, in a way. And you bring up a lot of good points there, Mark. I mean, war does bring PTSD. Let's not skirt around that issue. Things are not going to be exactly clean and crisp for everybody. But I think for what the series ended with, I think I think overall it was fine. As someone who had no real context for the original series, within its own merits, I think it was a fine show. It had its ups and downs, but overall, I think it was fairly entertaining. Now, one last thing before we conclude here. Uh, Mark, can I ask you something? Did they change the computer lady's design? Did they? Because when they went to Mara's ship, or the first one's tech, and the computer AI came up, she looked drastically more different than she did in the last season. I, it must have slipped my mind. Um, 
but I, I trust you on that front. I, honestly, she wasn't entirely a character I was too interested in, really, so I probably didn't pay much attention. Oh, I don't blame you. But yeah, no, I don't know why. It's like, because I remember she had like more of an angular face in the last season, but in this one, she looked much flatter. And really? I don't, know. I don't know. It looked really bizarre to me. I'll, I'll have to look it up because I remember I have a screenshot of her from last season. And if I could find a screenshot of her now in this season, I think she looked a bit different. Like she looked more simplified. That's interesting. Maybe it's a different computer projection or something. I don't know. I just thought that was a little strange. But anyway, overall, yeah, I think Mark and I kind of agree. It was a fairly decent show. And again, I'm not going to speak on his behalf because I believe he already said it, but we are clearly not the demograph for this show. I understand that. But as an animator, I think this show is fine. And in terms of what's going to happen next for this property, if what you say is true, Mark, the license will go back to whomever. And right now we got Kevin Smith and somebody else who is producing a He-Man series. One's animated, I think. The other one, I think think is pseudo animated am i wrong about that oh, i don't know about anything kevin S- uh, smith is doing i'm not entirely a fan of his work anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair but I, I'll, I'll still say this much folks and again 100 transparency i was really interested in the show because i was curious if they were going to try to do a crossover or build a universe and introduce he-man and his arch nemesis skeletor into the world of she-ra and kind of build a universe off of that but then mark my good buddy he doused that idea away a couple seasons ago, saying that, oh, DreamWorks and this production only had the license for Shira and her sword, and that was pretty much it. And as soon as you told me that, <laughs> my enthusiasm for the show kind of waned. Well, I don't know if it's Shira and just her sword, but um, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, her show. Yeah. Things that were within her show. And I really want Skeletor to kind of show up at the end, like with the magic fully released around Etheria. Everything's out in the open. I wanted Skeldor to come in and say, like, hmm, a new energy source. And with Prime out of the way, it's easy pickings for me. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but no, we're never going to get that. I understand that. I respect that. But gosh, dingy darn it, I wanted it. Yeah, for now, our Skeletor needs will just have to be met by that one car commercial I saw him in around Christmas time, I think, last year. Oh, shit. I got to go see that now. Yes, you can get a new deal on the hot new model. But I say overall, that was our general opinion for this season. We could probably go in way more detail of other things. But hey, we just wanted to give you our highlights. And now we want to hear from you guys. What did you guys think of the final season of She-Ra, The Princesses of Power on Netflix? Were there any moments that really stood out to you? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. And if you want to support me directly, please consider going to my Patreon or do a one-time donation at my Streamlabs. Links are in the description below. And remember, folks, I'll be doing a stream this Saturday, May 23rd. So be sure to check that out. And hopefully you'll get a kick out of the Mermaid event because that's pretty much what it's going to be centered around. And I'm going to have a guest artist with me who's going to be drawing along too. Anywho, folks, this is Matt Sella. And this is Mark. Why does it say Mark? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> this is Mac. And this is Skeletor. AKA Mark. <laughs> Thanking you all for tuning in. <laughs>